I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. So we're going to continue in our teaching on how to hear God. I'm not sure we're going to get through it all today, but I believe the Lord, the Holy Spirit has been saying what He wants to say, Amen. and we're just going to keep following His leading. It's been awesome. Um, we said that there's there's... Hearing God through the Word of God, we said that there's the inward witness. Then we talked a lot about following the witness, which I think is really important, um, especially since it's the primary way that God leads. <clears throat> then, in this episode, I want to talk about number three: the inward voice. The voice. Remember, we said that conscience is the voice of the spirit. Reason is the voice of the soul, and feelings is the voice of the body. Romans 9.1 says, I speak the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. So your conscience can be a good guide if you are a born-again child of God. If you do not have Jesus in your heart, you're not a born-again child of God, your conscience cannot be a good guide because an un, a person who's not born again, their conscience will allow them to do just about anything. Right. But as a born-again child of God, your conscience can be a good guide. Paul always obeyed his conscience. He said, Paul looked straight in at the Sanhedrin and he said, My brothers, I have fulfilled my duty to God in all good conscience to this day. Amen. Now the inward man, the spirit man, has a voice. Just as the outward man has a voice. We call this the voice of your conscience or I'd like to put it this way, the still, small voice. Your spirit, your heart, your spirit, your conscience will speak to you. I believe the voice that I heard in my laundry room that day was the voice of my conscience speaking to me. Yes. And the reason my spirit picked up on that and it didn't come to pass for over 15 years is because there is no time and no distance in the spirit. Right. Mm. Right. And Ecclesiastes 3.11, I believe, is the verse, says that eternity is in our hearts. That's right. So my spirit picked up on an event that was to take place 15, 16, 17 years down the road. Again, I'd have to look at my journal to get the exact time frame. But I think that's interesting to know that our conscience has a voice and it can be a good guide, a safe guide, a safe guide. Okay, number four. Then there's the voice of the Holy Spirit. Okay, now the voice of the Holy Spirit, you will recognize it because 
in a sense, it comes out of nowhere, and it's like a surprise, and it's a more authoritative yeah. kind of a voice. And that authoritative voice, hear me now, speaks right here on the inside of it's a more authoritative voice that speaks to you. Here's an example. While Peter was thinking about the vision, because he had had a vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So he heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. I have heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's a more authoritative voice. Now again, when we talk about some of these these leadings and these, the way God guides, it doesn't mean that it's going to be smooth sailing all the time, even when it comes to hearing the authoritative voice of the Holy Spirit. Right. Generally speaking, you know, even more so than not, again, it means that rough road is coming up ahead and God is just stabilizing you by allowing you to hear that one, that, that particular thing that he wants to say to you. Amen. So there is a difference between the inward voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to our spirits and the still small voice of our own spirit speaking to us. When the Holy Spirit speaks, it is more authoritative. It is so real. You would think that there was a person standing next to you saying it to you. Although it's inside of you, you look around to see who said it. <laughs> Okay? Now, this doesn't happen very often. As a matter of fact, you gotta, when you talk about voices, you have to be careful that it's the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because there's many voices out there in the world. And that's why it's important to have intimacy with Jesus, know his word, what the word of God says, to stabilize. And it's important to, to have a pure heart to walk with God closely, okay, because there's so many voices out there. Uh, and it's important not to seek voices. Yes. That's right. That's right. Because more often than not, people who are seeking voices, they're opening up the door right. for the enemy to right. speak. Right. Because the devil is a real entity in the earth, in the world. Demons, devils, evil spirits, principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world. They're out there. And if somebody's open enough and, and, and uh, hungry enough for spiritual experiences, mm, yeah. the devil will accommodate. Mm -hmm. That's why uh -huh. it's important to become God inside mine, and I'm not going to stop saying it. Yeah. Because where God speaks is on the inside of you. Amen. Yes. Okay? I, I heard that, I've heard that audible voice a couple of times. I'm only going to give you one, maybe two examples. Um... I was in my room one day and I was making the bed. Very spiritual thing to be doing when you hear the voice of God. <laughs> and I heard audibly on the inside of me, audibly, and it was a boomerang on the inside of me, are you willing to trust me? Wow. And it was a man's voice. It was an authoritative voice. And where did he speak? He spoke right here on the inside. And with that, those words... I had an understanding of exactly what he was talking yes. about. Yes. 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 And so I immediately said, yes, I'm willing to trust you. And that voice, 
those words, I should say, his voice carried me year after year after year after year after year after year in this particular thing that I was trusting him on. And so I knew that if I would trust him, stick with the Bible, stay steady on course, walk with God, do the best that I can, because none of us are perfect. So don't even tell me any of us are perfect, because none of us are. If walls could talk, they would have a lot to say in some of our homes. Are you listening? There's none righteous, no, not one. But, you know, we're all doing the best we can. And we're still here, by the way. And many of you leaders are still here. Because a lot of leaders start out and they, 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 they shipwreck and they're not in ministry. Take somebody really strong and committed to be where many of you are today. But I knew what he was saying. And I continue to trust him year after year after year after year after year. And now here's another thing. Here's how prophecy works. And prophecy, I'm not sure we're going to get into it, should always confirm Amen. what you already know in your heart. Yes. Come on. I'm not saying that somebody can't prophesy to you and, it, and it's futuristic. Okay, because I've had prophecy given to me. I have something right here on this little piece of paper that was said to me, and I don't know if we're going to get into it. We'll see how it goes. But I was in a meeting with Gwen Moliette, and she was speaking, and I love this because of the sensitive nature of what God was referring to. She took me aside privately. I think sometimes, you know, we need to be discerning as to what we say to people publicly. <laughs> and what we say to them privately. I think there's some show-off people out there. I don't know if I should call them prophets. They may, you know, People can have a gift, and they want to show it off. But I think there's some show-off prophets out there who want everybody to know that they've heard from God, and they want to you know, say it publicly. Whereas the Lord may say, you know, that is not even for public. Yeah. And so Gwen, as wise as she is, she took me aside... And she sat me down. She said, she said to me, I heard the Lord say, you didn't make a mistake. Wow. And I knew what she was talking about immediately. It went along the same lines as, are you willing to trust me? So it confirmed to me that I had heard from God, which you can't really doubt the, the audible voice of God. The inner witness, you got to really test, prove, wait, look on the inside, make sure, you know, yeah. da-da-da-da. The audible voice of God is really, it's, it's definitely, when it's right in here, you know it's God. You know his voice because you know him. I yes. knew it was him. Right. That prophecy and that inward, that voice, the voice of God, held me. So prophecy sometimes can come alongside and confirm Yes. And especially if it's a very difficult season or situation in your life, it's good to have that confirmation. Amen. Especially from people who are strong in the Lord and strong in the Word. And I have to say this. I don't know why I'm getting into this, because I think the Holy Spirit's drawing line. I appreciate her taking me aside privately and saying that to me. You know, I think we need to be wise with what we know, wise with what we hear, sensitive to the people's feelings, sensitive to what the Lord, how he would have us. There's wisdom in delivering the word of the Lord. The Bible says, follow after love. 
and desire spiritual gifts. Come on. So we should really be following after love and let love be our aim when we minister to people. So anyway, so the voice of the Holy Spirit, okay? Here's, here's an example, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 through 10. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. <laughs> there were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. Lord, may they not be you. May that not be me. Especially when the kids are in the house. <laughs> Amen? And they're just, God only knows what they're doing. I remember one time, I woke up and I was from sleep, and I can't remember exactly what the words were, but the Lord prompted me that in my house that was not pleasing to him. And, and I asked the kids about it. They're like, what? How did you know? <laughs> so we don't want to be like Eli. You know, we need to put the fear of God in our kids. Amen? <laughs> in his usual place, the lamp of God had not gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Boy, that must have been so loud. But thank God we're the ark of God. We're, we, we are the containers of the house. We are the holy of holies. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here am I. He heard a voice. He heard a voice. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and he lay down. Again, the Lord called, Samuel, aren't you glad God knows your name? And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me, my son Eli. My son Eli said, I did not call you, go back, lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Yeah. The word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up, went to Eli, and he said, Here I am. You called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. Right. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord. <laughs> Your servant is listening. Sometimes we just need to understand that that's God speaking to me. Now, in this case, it was audible. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling as the other time. Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Amen. I only can give you personal examples. I can't give you examples from other people because I don't know all these, what goes on with other people. So when I'm giving you my examples, I just want you to understand my heart that it's for the purpose of teaching yes. and not anything else. Mm -hmm. Right. So I remember I, I had a condo in Florida, and I used to go there, and that's where I would write my books, and I would pray, and I would seek God, and I just loved it. And uh, I remember I was going to the condo to seek God again, and I thought, okay, I'm going to pray for seven straight days, <laughs> listen to tapes, hang out by myself, do some writing, 
and in my head, and God will speak to me finally in the end of the seven days. You know how we think. God's timetable is not your timetable. Right? I had my suitcase, walked up the stairs, because I wouldn't get in the elevator, but walked up the stairs of this condo, put my purse on the counter, suitcase on the floor, and I heard the authoritative voice of God speak to me. Shocked me, surprised me, and I hadn't even prayed. Yeah, seven straight days. <laughs> <laughs> to get spiritual enough to hear the voice of God. Yes. And because you walk with God, right. we are already in a position yes. to hear from God. Yes. And it's not of works, yes. lest any man should boast. Yes. Even though all these exercises we've been talking about definitely helps fine-tune your receiver. Yes. But when you walk in a lifestyle yes. of intimacy and right. prayer and praying in tongues, it should be natural. Yes. Brother Hagen said one time, he said, the Lord said through him, there's going to be people that are going to flow in the supernatural just as natural as a bird flies in the air and a fish swims in the sea. Wow. I think it should be natural for us to hear yes. God. Right? Yes. So I put my stuff down, and just as clear, I heard the audible voice of God. And I heard this word. Audible, right here, pioneer. And then I heard audible, you are going to pioneer a movement. Wow. I was like, really? <laughs> I got on my journal, I wrote it down. I said, great. What does that mean? You don't always know what he means. Who the heck could ever figure that one out? <laughs> and how am I ever going to pioneer a movement? Right. Makes absolutely no sense. At all. So I started my prayer journey and, and I was praying, went to sleep, and I get an inbox from a friend of mine. I'm going to read it to you. I'm just showing you how God speaks and how it all works together and how He'll confirm. Yes. He said, I had a vision. Now, the direction to my friend, who, by the way, I know and trust, he's yes. not a flake. Come on. Can we please, like, amen. say amen to that? Amen. He said, I had a vision of you, and by the way, he's a great man of love. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll know them by their fruit. Yeah. You know, he, he has a vision, but he's, he wants to sit in the back of the church, mind his own business, and he's a quiet, humble, loving guy. He said, I had a vision of and he's in the ministry. So he's a teacher of the word. He said, I had a vision of you walking through the jungle with a sword and creating a path by cutting through the high grass. I felt like the Lord is saying that the pathway is already cleared and it's time to start the process of reaping and sowing. Wow. He said, I see a pioneer breakthrough ministry. <laughs> Which will not be a replica of anything you have done before or it has been modeled before. I believe you already have the vision. I got the scripture. Ecclesiastes 11.4. He who observes the wind will not sow. He who regards the clouds. I believe the Lord is not saying not to wait for what seems to be an appropriate time where everything is coming together, I believe there is a call to move forward when it seems like the pieces are not yet all in place. God has already gone before you. And I'm like, all right, what is the thing I already know in my spirit? 
So now I'm thinking about that. But in some ways, when you get prophecy or you get a word from God, it's kind of obvious, right? For me, it's obvious. Oh, I really want to call leaders together for prayer. I really want to call people together for prayer. Then I was really starting to pinpoint the leadership part. But I don't fully, completely understand this whole thing. Right. And this was years, several years ago. So what are you going to do? Just put it on a shelf. We're just watching it come to pass. Right. And then I get a call from my friend. And the call from my friend, she has a dream. I was going to have her come up if she wants to come tell the dream, but if not, it's okay too, Teresa. You want to come up or no? <laughs> but she, in her dream, she said, I had a dream about you. And this girl, let me tell you, if Teresa talks to you, because she's not always having this going on every day, every hour, and so on and so forth. She said, I had a dream that you were in an airport. Now, when it comes, we're talking about how to hear from God, and we have to highlight it because we're not going to get into all of it. All of it. God does speak through dreams. Okay, and most of the time they're symbolic. Visions are more literal. Okay, but dreams, a lot of it's symbolic. She said, "I had a dream of you in an airport." Now that's symbolic of something. My friend would know what that means. I forget at the moment. She said, "You clicked your heels, click, click, click. The glass doors open. Glass doors are symbolic of prophetic." She says, "People got up off the sides of the airport. You know how they sit, and they followed you, and you did that over and over and over again." And she had the word in that that dream of pioneer. Oh, well, what is that? Yeah. Well, I heard the audible voice of God, but I still don't fully know what it is. Right. Listen, listen. That's why you can't get discouraged. We know in part, and we prophesy in part. Right. And you can't try to always figure out. You've got to just let the Lord build the house and go before you and prepare the way. Amen. Then we had we were having prayer meetings in my home. We had 72 leaders from all over awesome. come to my house and pray. Awesome. Now, when you pray with leaders, you don't have to push, struggle, please pray, please, 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 pray, 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 pray. We're already praying. We're leaders. Amen. We gather together. We have powerful prayer meetings. I believe that's part of the whatever God is saying, but I don't know the whole thing. Right. What are you saying? I'm saying this. I heard audibly from the Holy Spirit, and then he confirmed it through different ways. But I will say this. That was one of the most frustrating seven days of prayer I ever had in <laughs> Because I prayed the whole seven days, listened to tapes, and God was quiet. Yeah. And then he stayed quiet for another six months. <laughs> By the end of the six months, I was so frustrated. I'm like, I don't get it. I'm not hearing from God. Like, what is that? Yeah. He, you know what the Lord showed me about that? Later, you know? Yeah. When, you, you know when you're being tested, you know, when you, you don't know until you pass the test. Yeah. What you learned? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I learned something. He was wanting me to get so quiet and shut down everything to such a degree that that I could hear his voice, know his voice in a greater measure. Because you really had to shut down because he wasn't saying anything. So I just kept shutting down, shutting down, shutting down, shutting down, shutting down. Shutting down. But do you see how the Holy Spirit works? So we all have our seasons. We all have our times of hearing. Then God speaks, and then he stops for six So the more authoritative voice of the Spirit, 
Okay? Here's one, number five. I perceive. Perception, Acts 27, verse 9 through 10. Much time had been lost, and sailing had already become dangerous, because by now it was the Day of Atonement. So Paul warned them, Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our also our lives. Now, he perceived this by an inward witness. It was a perception. It went along with the inward witness, but it was more of a perception. How many of you have ever had a perception about something? You just perceive. That's the voice of God speaking. He didn't say, I have a revelation, or I had a vision, or I had a dream, or the Lord told me. How did he perceive it? He perceived it through the avenue of the inward witness. I think, and I added this yesterday, desire can also be included in perception. If you have a desire for something, and it's a consistent desire that won't Go away. And you keep looking on the inside and you have a desire for something. That's the voice of God speaking to you. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord. Yes. Right? Yes. Which you all do. And he will what? Give you the desires of your heart. Now, I don't want to sound like a broken record here, but I've always been a cat person. Cats. We've always had three cats. Cat, cat, cat. Cat post. Cat, cat meows. Cat pictures. Cat. C-A-T. Cat. One day I just started getting a desire to get a dog. I'm talking about him again. I never had a dog as an adult. And dogs are a lot of work. Yep. You really got to think about it. And how am I going to be in ministry with a dog? You got to really plan. And I just started getting a desire. Get a dog. Get a dog. I just want to get a dog. I want to get a dog. I want. I want. I really I want to get a dog. Delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desire of your heart. I desire to have a dog. I desire, I want, want, I'm thinking about it. Then I went online, puppyspot.com, looking at can, can all these places. That, what kind of a dog? You think about it. Use your head. Can I handle it? Use your head. What about this? What about that? Then decided, what kind am I going to get? This dog, that dog, that breed, that breed. Okay, we want a hypoallergenic dog. We don't want a dog that's going to make everybody sneeze. Then my, my kids and I, we were in New York City, you know, shopping around. Don't you just miss that? Going to New York City, going to restaurants, hanging out with your friends and family. You know, I believe that we're going to get back to that. Yeah. Yeah. People think yeah. this is the new norm. I don't know. No, no way. There's a pandemic that struck in the early 1900s, and they got through a week. Same kind of thing. So we're in New York, and we're in this store, and of course we're shopping, and this woman has this dog, and she puts the dog on top of the counter. It was the cutest little dog. Because I'm already thinking, I want to get a dog. I kept telling the family, I'm getting a dog. I'm getting a dog. Some of my family members didn't believe it. But I said, I'm getting a dog. I am getting a dog. 
So she put the dog on top of the counter. I go, what kind of dog is that? She goes, a Shih Tzu. And I thought, I'm getting a Shih Tzu. I'm getting a Shih Tzu. Started finding dogs. I found this dog, this black and white dog on puppyspot.com. I mean, I had so many dogs. I looked at that face, and I knew he was mine. He's mine. I want him. Look at that nose. Look at his face. He's mine. Did the whole thing, thought about it for another two days, three days. Thought about it, thought about it, thought about it. Put that money deposit down, that's my dog. Okay? And you know, I have to be honest. In this season of my life, and we've talked about it, my friends, and I, if I didn't have that dog, I don't know what the heck I'd be doing right now. That dog has brought me so much joy. He is my constant companion. If anybody would have ever told me that I needed my dog, I wouldn't have believed it. Because of all the circumstances that have surrounded my life right, in the last three years, I tell you that dog has been my lifesaver. And when I started taking him for training, you know, I said to the trainers, I want him to be a therapy dog. I want to train him to be a therapy dog, right? And you know what I realized later? He's your therapy dog. <laughs> Before God ever formed him in his mother's womb, he knew him and made him to be mine. I'm talking about desire. You get these desires. And if we tune in and we listen, it's coming from God. And remember, hindsight's 2020. Looking back, I can see that my steps and my thoughts were being ordered and established by God. Why? Because he loves you with an everlasting love. He cares about you. And he cares about every detail of your life. And he wants you to be happy. And happiness isn't, you know, it encompasses all things in life. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yes. So that's, that's the story I had about desire. Okay, number six. Creative ideas or creative flow. That's the leading of the spirit. And I know a lot of you know, especially the leaders, that when that creative edge stops, the anointing stops, <laughs> that's a sign. <laughs> that means God's not in it anymore. Right. We, you know, we, we go through times, you know, where you know, the anointing isn't there, and, and it's just us being attacked by the enemy. Right. And I've noticed that with that kind of thing, if the desire is not there and the creative flow isn't there, if I have a, listen now, if I have a grieving that goes along with that, lack of desire, lack of creative flow, that's the devil. He's trying to stop me. I'm going to give you an example. I was really grieved about 10 days ago. And we have this opportunity with Charisma for our podcast. They want me to write articles and all this. And I'm just laying on the couch. I was so grieved in my spirit. And with the grieving in my spirit, there were these thoughts. Um, you don't feel like writing. You don't feel like doing a podcast. You don't feel like writing. You do not feel like writing. But I'm like, I don't feel like writing. I don't feel like writing. I've got to agree with the enemy. I don't feel like writing. I don't. You're right. I don't feel like writing. But with the thoughts, are you listening? I was grieved. 
So if we weren't sons of God, we'd think we're being led by the Spirit. And that's the voice of God. It's not the voice of God. The thief comes to kill, steal, destroy. Plans to prosper you, not harm you, give you hope in the future. I will build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against my church. You line on the plaza with the word of God. And then we had a meeting with Charisma. Are you ready for this? And I'm thinking, okay, we're going to have a meeting with Charisma, and it's going to be like, okay, there's been three downloads of our, our new podcast that was just launched a month, you know, at that time a month ago. Three downloads. Nobody can find it. They can't find it. I don't know. I don't feel like writing. I don't know. I don't think this is going to work. I don't know why I was picked for this. I just want to read fire. I don't want to read fire. I might just feel like I need to retire hanging out with my dog. <laughs> Now, it's a lot of work when you're over 60 and you have to continue with the things of God. Mm, yeah. A lot of people, they just quit. Mm. Right? That's not, I, don't, I believe when you're called, you're called, honey. Yeah. Right. Maybe in a different capacity. Mm-hmm. So we have a call with Charisma and their team in marketing helping us to, you know, just give us advice. I think we need advice. Yeah. We need advice on how to reach people with social media. We need advice on how to, how to, how to do podcasts, all of it, because we have a lot to learn. We get on the call with them, they're giving us advice, and then he, he proceeds to tell us that the podcast is the, is on the 20% of the most downloads of podcasts in the world. I go, wait a second, I had to write it down. In the world? In the world. So what was that? That was the devil. That was the devil. And I had a grieving with it. It was not the leading of the Holy Spirit. So when you are waiting on God for something, and you have a grieving in your spirit, and thoughts that accompany it, that's the devil. And do you know that after that meeting with them, that, that those thoughts stopped, it went away, the grieving stopped, I got up, I said, I'm writing my articles. I'm doing my thing for God. Amen. But do you see how it works? I think we need to understand how the devil speaks. Right. As well as how God speaks. Hallelujah. But I'm grieved in my spirit. It might be a prayer assignment. But what is with that grieving in your spirit? What goes along with that? You're a loser. You can't do it. God hasn't called you. He doesn't love you. Don't write the articles. Don't don't do those teachings. You don't have anything to say. People don't really need what you have to say. And then you're grieved. And we think it's God. It's the devil. Be not ignorant of Satan's devices. Amen. A great door and effectual has been opened to you. Amen. And he is definitely going to try to steal it. Yeah. Stop it. Right. That was good. <laughs> oh, where were we? Creative ideas or creative flow. There are times when the season's over. That's right. But you don't know it because you're grieving your spirit and you got thoughts telling you it's over. That's right. You know it because the anointing left and it's clear on the inside and not anything else is coming up. Mm-hmm. How do you explain that? I was doing these really fun vlogs, like creative vlogs, like in the car, at the mall, so on and so forth. And, and I, they were so fun. I, I would wake up and have all these ideas. It would flow and I was excited. All of a sudden, it just stopped. Mm-hmm. 
the season was up. That was the leading of the Holy Spirit. If you try to push it, force it, make it, there was no anointing. Because then I tried to do one, it was terrible. Whereas before, when the Holy Spirit's on it, and like a friend of mine said, when the Holy Spirit's breathing on it, yes. it's Him. Amen. So the creative flow. How long, how much more do I have? You think? Ten minutes? Yeah. <clears throat> I want to talk a little bit about spectacular guidance. Notice it's at the very last. Because it doesn't happen that often. And you look at the, when you think about spectacular guidance, we're talking about visions, dreams, trances. And a really good book that I would highly recommend is Kennedy Hagen's book, I Believe in Visions. And I love that book, and I read it more than once because he's had several visions of Jesus. He also gives his testimony on healing, but he's had several visions of Jesus. And in one of the visions, he even talks about the day and the hour that you and I are, I believe, this new era that we're entering into. But he's had several open visions of Jesus. And those are the more spectacular ways that God guides Here's, here's an example, Acts 26, 19. So that King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven. Yeah. He had a vision. Paul had a vision. But they're not an everyday occurrence. You hear somebody having visions, everyday occurrence, I'm sorry. I question that. Mm. Yeah. I'm sorry. And if I'm wrong, God will correct me. I'm sorry if you people are going to heaven every day. <laughs> and listen, I mean, I'm not a baby Christian, but even I get discouraged hearing these people that go to heaven every day and see angels every day. And if I feel like that, and I really don't care because I'm going to believe the word anyway, but if I feel like that, can you imagine what the average everyday Christian, they hear all these people going to heaven and having these visions and dreams? I think sometimes we need to keep our mouth shut. Yeah. Come on. True. Brother Hagen said, he said, he, he's, there were things he went to his grave with that he never told anybody. Why? You don't want your attention to be on man. You want it to be on Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our what? Our faith. There's three kinds of visions. Number one, it's a spiritual vision. Where you see with the eyes of your spirit. See, your spirit has eyes, just like you have eyes here. I've had those. I'll tell you one really quick. Well, they both happened in the same day, actually. I, and I'm learning how to yield to that. You have to yield. Because you have to be looking on the inside of them in order to see them. Because they're more faint. And we can miss it if we don't tune in and see. I think it's more of a seer anointing, what I'm discovering. But I, we were praying for a friend of ours who lost their son, me and my team. And when I was standing in my living room praying, I, had, I saw, and I've never seen Jesus, I saw him standing at my right side. My eyes were open, but I saw him in here. And I saw him standing next to me. We were shoulder to shoulder. And in this, I guess it's a spiritual vision, he was he had muscles. He was strong. He was mighty. 
and he had a crown on his head, like this thick, and it was a heavy crown, and it had all these jewels and, and diamonds and rubies, and he only stood this way. I never saw his face. And in that spiritual vision, God brought to me a correction. Because I always teach on intimacy with God in prayer. And I talk about imagine Jesus. What does he look like? Use your spiritual imagination. I never pictured him the way I saw him standing next to me. God, I'll tell you straight up. I kind of, you see, you have to be careful. Like women, we teach about Jesus and intimacy with him. We could feminize Jesus if we're not careful. So for me, that was a correction. I want you to see me in all my ways. And I was thinking about the crown. I was thinking about, you know, like Miss America. <laughs> that ain't no Miss America crown here. That crown was so heavy, I couldn't even believe I carry it. But he's Jesus. Then we continued to pray. I didn't say anything to anybody. Continued to pray. Just stayed in the spirit. Stayed hooked up to the inside. And as we were praying for this family, I saw Justin. And, and, and I saw the gates of heaven. Where'd you see it? I, my eyes were open. I saw it in here. Spiritual vision. And I saw the gates of heaven. And there were these huge gates. And they did have like look like pearls. They were white. And I saw the gates open. Oh. And I saw Justin walking through the gates. Amen. And he had a hat on. And it was backwards. <laughs> and he just walked through the gates. Because I had to go meet the family. You know, it's like you walk into the house of mourning because they had just lost it the day before. Yeah. You know, people think leadership is all that. It's more than all this. Mm-hmm. You really got to be where people are. You yeah. have to help them. Amen. Strengthen them. The whole thing. That's what love is. Mm-hmm. That's what ministry is. Amen. And I walked into this house of mourning and everybody's crying. They're all in shock. Like, you know, when people are in shock, you know what they do? They just talk. And they both are talking, the husband, the wife, they found him. And, you know, he's got a brother. And I just waited. I sat on the table and waited while everybody ate. And I waited till the right time. And I said to the families, I said, I have something to tell you. So we went over by the fireplace and I looked up and the boys, she paints, so she painted the boys and there's Justin with a hat on. Yes. <laughs> and I looked and I was like, wow, I'm saving. And I said to them the first time, I, I don't normally do this, but I said, you know, and I'm, we were, I'm friends with the parents. I said to the kids and the parents, I said, you know, I'm a minister. Sometimes you need that. You need to tell people that. Right. Not brag about it. Right. Just tell them. So it gives you them to, helps them to establish who you are. It gives you credibility. Because I knew what I was going to say to them. It was out there. So I said, I'm a minister. I said, my team and I, we prayed for you and your family. And then I said, I just want you to know, I said, when we were praying, I saw something. And, and I described what I saw. 
you know, Justin and the hat and the gates. And as I was explaining the gates, the mother said to me, stopped and said, oh my God, those are the same gates that I saw wow. when I was going into heaven because she had died, left her body. Not a visit to heaven, she had just died, left her body. And she says, those are the same gates that I saw when I was going up into heaven. Wow. And I said to her, I said to them, I said, well, God wants you to know he's with him. He's in heaven with Jesus. You know, the Bible says that we're to comfort one another with those words. So that spiritual vision was really given to bring comfort to that family. And for me, you know, he's not like in a church like you and I are. He's raised Catholic, and they do a lot of the Catholic traditions which I was raised Catholic. I believe I was born again. I had Jesus. We can't put God in a box and be like we have it all. And I believe the Lord was just letting me know and the family know he's in heaven with me. That's what this is all about. We are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. What greater love could we have to tell people about our Jesus and tell them who we know him to be through the scriptures? I'm just going to close with this. There's trances. That's where your physical senses are suspended. There's a lot of scripture, Acts 10, 9 through 11. And then there's open visions. That's what Brother Hagen had. He had a lot of open visions of Jesus. But why did he have all those visions? Do you think, can I be honest, and then I'm going to, one more minute. Can I be honest, do you think Brother Hagen's life was easy? Hmm. Because he had visions of Jesus? Hmm. There was a great weight yeah. of responsibility that he carried. Yeah. Go teach my people faith. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus comes to him and talks to him. And gives him instruction. Now he's going to deliver that. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project Podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.